departure information, Quebec, 1253 Zulu, wind 030 at 5, visibility 10, sky clear below 12,000. Temperature 22, dew point 17, altimeter 3006. Runway 27 and runway 18, right in use. Clear. But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's not really no this is This is the best seat in the house. It's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> You're in uncontrolled airspace. EAA Radio welcomes back the long-running general aviation podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, to share the microphone for 90 minutes of virtual hangar flying. Now, here are the voices in your head. The UCAP Gang with aviator and new media producer, Jack Hodgson. Welcome to Oshkosh, and welcome to the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. We're coming to you today from a very, very special place in the world. We are out here on the flight line of AirVenture Oshkosh 2016, and uh, I'm joined by my good friend. I'm Jack Hodgson, I should say. Start out. I always forget that one. Uh, and uh, and I'm joined here by my good friend, Dave Higdon. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Hi, Jack. We, we need to get you a little mirror that hangs out in front and says, I'm, and I'm yeah, Jack don't, Hodgson. Yeah, don't forget me, right? Yeah. And uh, our, our third partner here, Jeb Burnside, is not with us this morning, um, like I did early in the week. He later in the week had to take off and, and go back to the real world and, and uh, do real work. Um, so so he's back out there. Uh, we kind of passed the baton a couple of days ago. Uh, he enjoyed the first half of the week, and I got to enjoy the latter part of the week. And uh, so... I think he's probably listening on the stream. I'm not sure about that, but if he is, hi Jeb, how you doing? Yeah, wish you were here. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm not sure whether he wishes he was here because he sent me a text this morning. So he flew home yesterday and uh, got home in basically the daylight hours yesterday. Got home a little after dark this morning. He sent me a oh wait a minute he sent me a text message that said uh, real coffee exclamation point an air conditioned toilet wall outlets reliable Wi-Fi it's good to be home Jeb said <laughs> so. Uh, uh, what a wuss. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're also joined by a, bu- uh, by a, a, a whole slew of our good friends here. Um, first of all, I should say James Winbrandt is here. Hi, James. How you doing? So great to be here. So great to see you, Jack. Glad you made it finally. Oh, yeah, I know. Finally, huh? Um, and so we're going to talk to you a little bit later on about uh, some of the things that you experienced this week. And, uh, you know, you had a lot of uh, – you were still on the newspaper, and so you uh, kind of did that – had that perspective on the show. That's right. I got the latest on medical reform – uh, pilot bills of rights too, and all sorts of other things. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a little while. But I just wanted to welcome you here. We also have three very, very longtime friends of the podcast who have kind of stepped up to a different level here. And I, let me start off by saying I cannot thank you guys enough. All right, a couple, a month, you know, about six weeks or so ago, when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to be here for a, a big part of the week, um, I reached out to some of our good friends in the listener community who have been helping us over the years and asked them that they could kind of step it up a notch and really jump in this week and help out with the production. And they did. So in in no particular order, actually, in the order that they helped us out, Mike Morgan, um, thank you so much. Welcome to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace. Thank you. It's thrilled to be here. Yeah. And uh, let's see, who was you were next? Jim Goldman uh, helped us out on a bunch of daily episodes. Thank you, Jim. You're quite welcome. And I think I've been helping out for nearly 10 years, Uh, almost the whole time. You have been. You've been a good friend of ours for a very long time. And Jeff Ward, our our, uh, long-suffering show notes guy and (laughs) and, uh, helper with the party and in the forums and a lot of things. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I've really enjoyed being here 
here, and it's been great to be able to help out in your absence, which uh, and, we, and, and we missed you. And, and I, I'm joking around a little bit, but I'm very, very serious when I say thank you. You guys were terrific, and uh, you've, you've, you've given us a whole... So now you know, no good deed goes unpunished, all right? Um, that because you helped us out this week, we have to now figure out ways that we can take advantage... Oh, excuse me, uh, have you help us for the rest <laughs> of the year. Um, and I'm, I'm not kidding about that. I'd like to find ways that we could uh, maybe help you to grow the podcast. That would be very, very cool. But more on that later on. Um, and I think I'm, I was trying to come up with some clever name. I, the, my latest best possibility is to call you guys. The, see, Jim, you're going to get promoted. Jim's been one of the bad boys of uncontrolled airspace, which I think he secretly likes. All right, but uh, but now the three of you, I think maybe how, how about this? The UCAP Cavalry. How's that? All right, you know, y'all came to the rescue and helped us out, and I really appreciate. I it. see nodding heads, so uh, nobody's throwing tomatoes. That's right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cavalry in an, on an aviation podcast? Yeah. Oh, all right. They well, should no, be the UCAP wingmen. They can be the wingmen. They can be the air cav. Air cab, okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, okay, they could be the air cab, all right? So, yeah, there we go. So, anyways, we're going to talk to, and we're going to, they're going to be chiming in throughout the entire episode. Um, we're up here on the uh, on the announcer stand, uh, right out on the edge of the flight line. This is just an awesome spot to be. We get to be here um, every year on Sunday, and uh, you're probably hearing a lot of background noise as airplanes uh, take off uh, by. Um, Oshkosh is departing to the south, at least in this part of the, of the airport, they're departing to the south uh, on runway 18. And uh, although using runway nine up north, are they okay? And although we're not seeing, oh wait a minute! Now I see a bunch of airplanes taxiing down this way. In any event, um, uh, uh, the old location we actually used to be right in front of the lineup and wait spot, but now we're not, so uh, uh, we don't actually see them get into position. But we will be seeing a lot of airplanes go by as the morning progresses. So that's pretty cool. Um, beautiful day. The uh, uh, sky is just completely blue. I don't see a particular. Well, I see some clouds way off on the horizon, but it's a beautiful day here. Um, Sunday morning, so there are people getting ready to departing, and uh, things are starting to, to wind down. But, uh, David, you were here all week long. Um, it was quite a week this week. They, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of uh, milestones and, and maybe records. It wouldn't surprise me to hear that uh, Oshkosh set some records this year. Uh, we saw campers where there had been corn the year before down to the south end or aircraft park literally all the way to the south fence down beyond the mm-hmm. uh, departure yep. end of uh, 1-8 uh, we've seen them a long way down there before but never that far down uh, campgrounds that didn't exist before that were filled up by Tuesday uh, the airplane the airport closed to accepting new airplanes and campers for a while uh, Camp Schaller it's just a beehive all week long. Uh, now, is it true what I, I I thought I heard that they were actually turning people away from Scholar? Yes, sir. That's that's unprecedented. Almost, I think that that's really remarkable because that's a big campground. The, the only time I remember that happening was several years ago when we had so much rain here ahead of the show that the, it was nicknamed Splash Kosh. Right. And I think, it, by the way, that was your doing. That was your. You were the editor yeah, and put that on get, the front page. I put right? it on the front page, but it, it wasn't my invention. Okay. I heard it from somebody else. Right. Except, yeah. ooh, it, and, and it was a boss who liked it. So, But that was because the campgrounds were just flat-out flooded. Mm-hmm. I mean, they also weren't using most of the North 40 to camp aircraft for the same reason. Uh, that was the year that EAA cornered the market on traffic cones in Wisconsin, I think. <laughs> it was astounding the number of traffic cones they had here because they were had all these areas they had to block off because they were saturated well, with water. That, that was also the year where we, uh, we started home delivery, if you will, because we had so many people staying in campgrounds and fairgrounds and other places 
off-premises. Now, they've always distributed the newspaper to hotels and motels in the vicinity, but uh, they were taking them out to the fairgrounds, to private campgrounds, places where in the outlet mall uh, parking lot across the road, people came in and said, hey, we can't get a newspaper over there, and we said, we'll fix that, yeah. and they did. Yeah. So yep. I think this... Uh, this beats anything I've ever seen yeah. here in terms yeah. of the airplane numbers, in terms of, I think that's a Cessna. Beautiful uh, float plane uh, taking uh, off right in front of us here. Um, that, is that the one you think is a Cessna, Dave, the yeah. red one that just went? 195, Jeff says. Yeah. And we also had a, uh, uh, I believe it's a DC-3. I, I'm not sure if it's a 47, but uh, a DC-3 um, in uh, uh, Pan, American Pan American Airways, Airways livery and uh, just, just powered up right in front of us and then pulled off the grass or off Got the Got a know, tri-motor on takeoff. And is taxiing to oh, the I'm north sorry, on, on the landing. taxiway. So yeah. uh, a lot of activity. Yeah, the tri-motor's out there, and uh, there's a big uh, C1 or uh, uh, P3. Uh, no, no, a, a 130 or whatever the military calls it. Um, well, C-130 Coast in the Coast Guard colors. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't C stand for cargo, though? I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah, so, but that's uh, sitting on the uh, center taxiway, uh, not with no engines running right now, but uh, presumably getting ready. They've got, yeah, they've got uh, ground handlers out there. Oh, yeah, the there, crew so. chief's out in front. Wait. So they must be getting ready to fire that guy up. So it's been an extraordinary week. Yeah. Uh, it was a different week for you, David. Um, for years now, you have been very, very involved with the Air Venture Today newspaper. And as a result, uh, and, and since you were no longer a photographer, you've been stuck in the office. Certainly had a view of the show in that role, uh, reading all the stories and talking with folks. But this is the first year in a long time you've got out onto the field. How was that different for you? Did you like uh, that? I, I did like it. I uh, was fortunate enough to pick up some assignments from a couple of my magazine clients. Uh, I had uh, plenty of work to do, but I also had more time to browse buildings, interview people on site, uh, and uh, shop a little bit for my own project. Uh, did a lot of work on avionics uh, for Avionics News, uh, business aviation blog for my client in London that ran Friday, because uh, there is a ton of business aviation uh, represented here. Yeah. Uh, so it's been... Uh, it's been a change of pace, to say the least, and getting back to the campground before dark and having dinner before dark was just a, a really pleasant change. So it's been fun, and the folks have uh, you know, accepted me in a different role. I've been able to uh, make some new friends, and that's what I always love about coming here. Yeah. Um, and, and you just alluded to the other difference for you this year that you've returned to camping. Um, you used to camp all the time, and uh, this is the first time in some years that you haven't slept under a hard roof with a real bathroom. How, was that? How did that go? Uh, you know what? Uh, Jeb's opinion notwithstanding, uh, we had some rain. Uh, my tent stayed dry. Uh, we yeah. had some more rain. My tent stayed dry. Uh, the air mattress was comfortable off the ground. Uh, it, it, it worked good when we were close to work we were close to the showers we were close to the portable labs uh all was good see yeah i know you you jeb and i are you and i were talking about this this morning that sleeping on the ground is not for me it doesn't really work it's, it's the ground is so far away it's just incredible how far away the ground is you know so uh but you seem to be a hardy soul and, it, you and, just, and if you look down it's there every day yeah i know really you'd think it was uh, yeah okay, well there's a joke there someplace i don't know what it is yeah, the aluminum overcast B seventeen just made a bombing run right over our heads. Oh, so that's nice. always lovely to nice. see. Jeff, and, you also de- you also determined the designator for that that uh, Coast Guard uh, one thirty. Yeah, is it? it's an HC one thirty, the Coast Guard designation. So yeah, very cool, very cool. 
Uh, we're coming up on our first break here, but uh, the the weather uh, was interesting this week. It was kind of all over the place, right? I by the time I arrived, it was just plain beautiful. Um, but David, it was uh, it was a little bit different earlier in the week, wasn't it? It was a little bit different earlier in the week. We had uh, pretty some pretty warm days, uh, really high humidity. Uh, you'd step out of the shower, all dried off, nice and squeaky clean, and you walk back to the campground, and you had had a second shower en route. Uh, <laughs> then the rains came in Saturday night. We had a storm that had had me running for the shelter in Kansas. A uh, couple of other little drizzles here and there, some rain on uh, on uh, Friday. It uh, cleared up. Saturday was spectacular. Today, even more so. Uh, so it, it kind of proved the uh, my old adage, and when you come to Oshkosh, you really should pack a little bit for three seasons, yeah, spring, summer, and fall. There you go. There you go. Hey, we got to take a break here uh, so that uh, EA Radio can jump in and tell you some fun stuff about the, the grounds and the show. Uh, but we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Hi, I'm Captain Sully Sullenberger of Flight 1549, the Miracle of the Hudson, and you're listening to EAA Radio. Jack is going back through his logbook to keep it honest. If you don't get out of ground effect, you're not flying. That's my rule. Back now with more Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm here with Dave Hignan and the UCAP AirCav. <laughs> and we're up here on the uh, announcer stand at... at uh, Excuse me, air, air vent. David, talk while I drink water. <laughs> well, we're watching uh, a relatively rare airplane taxiing out right now, a 1948 Funk B-85 Charlie we saw down at Vintage uh, a few days ago. Uh, well, actually, yesterday. Gorgeous old airplane, made in Coffeyville, Kansas, for a few years. Uh, it's really rare to see one of those around at all, and uh, it, it's a showstopper. Dave, when you can call out the model numbers and subtypes from uh, 300 yards away, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. He, he, was always. Always, he was always the guy at the newspaper that we'd go to with picture. What's this airplane? What, what is this? Uh, that, and it helped that I stopped and read the prop tag when we went by it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's cheating. Yeah. James, were you trying to jump in here or... No, yes. just kind of overwhelmed by the yeah. sight of all these aircraft, this beautiful weather reflecting on the wonderful week it's been, and kind of a little bit wistful that it's going to come to an end. Yeah, soon. I know it always is. We got one of the uh, Aeroshell uh, team aircraft turning final here, and on, on short final over the uh, well, I was going to say over the numbers, but it's over one of the dots. I'm not sure which one. And the cowling is lit from yeah. the inside. That's very beautiful. <laughs> Joining well, especially, I'm sorry. I was just going to also reflect of all the anniversaries that were celebrated this week from the 30th anniversary of the RV-6, which became the most successful experimental aircraft in history, to the 100th anniversary of Boeing. And uh, on that Vans anniversary, I had a chance to talk to Richard Van Grunsven about this milestone, and he, he couldn't have been any more humble uh, saying, well, when it came out, it wasn't the fastest, it wasn't the flashiest, but it seemed to do everything well in the envelope, and hence history has spoken for itself. I yeah. noticed a sign on the band's booth yesterday when we were in the North Aircraft Exhibit. 9,400 and some odd Vans RVs flying now. Incredible. Yeah, very, very cool. Very, very cool. 
Hey, Jim. Jim yes, G. Sir. Jim. I always say Jim G because you call yourself. May I say your pilot, last name? Is you it? sure. Go ahead. Jim you Goldman. Always, Jim, Jim Goldman. Goldman pilot, time frame. pilot Jim G is what they call me, but you can say whatever you yeah. like. Yeah. So, uh, tie-down party. Tie-down uh, party. So, tell us about it. How did it go? Oh, it was phenomenal. Uh, the It was one of the biggest surprises for me here at AirVenture this year. Uh, Jeff and I started setting up for the party. Actually, we started planning for it two or three days ahead since you weren't here to help. And uh, <laughs> see how that worked out. <laughs> um, and we we made some estimates about how much beer and how much how many cheesy poofs to buy and all the usual stuff. And the crowd that showed up, I mean, it was like at six oh five or six ten. As soon as we started, the crowd was enormous, and we just said, "Whoa!" I saw the pictures. It yeah, was great. It, it was incredible turnout. Uh, you know, people start. We, we expect a few stragglers at first, but actually it filled up pretty pretty quickly. And really good crowd. So it, what it means is that you're reaching somebody in some meaningful way, and they like to listen, and they come back. Either that or it's just a free beer. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I, I bet there's a little bit of both going on there. But yeah, uh, Among the things that so intrigued me about it was not just the number of people there, but the passion for that they have for the podcast that you guys three created. Jeff had a trivia contest, yeah. and I was shocked at the Arcania that your listeners are familiar with. Oh, yeah, this one, that well, one. And then, for example, uh, the pilot Stuart that I met there, who was inspired by episode 400 to go out and buy property on a residential air park. Yeah, I know, huh? Yeah. We, we, we can't take responsibility for that. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, know, I know, I know. By the way, that may be the episode title right there, Arcania. All right, it's like, is that really a word? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is now. It is now. It must be. <laughs> Uh, one, there's a, our listeners are recommended to listen to the daily that Mike Morgan put together with some terrific interviews of folks at the tie-down yeah. party. Very spontaneous responses. And one guy said it helped him inspire him to get a pilot's license and other great comments. Thanks, Mike, for putting that yeah, together. Yeah, it was very touching. Thank you to our listeners and thank you to Mike. Yeah, yeah it was great fun. Yeah, yeah. Great stories. Jim, what's, uh, what happened this week that was of note to you? Anything catch your eye? A, f- a few things, and uh, but one I'll note for the, for you guys, because I don't think you gentlemen were there when I saw this. I went to a press conference and uh, some technical information sessions for the Rotax 915, a forthcoming new motor from Rotax in Austria. Rotax, I'm a light sport guy. I've got a... Yeah, Dave. 515. Uh, what I say? 915. Correction. 915. I'm, I'm talking faster than my brain is going. And it happens a, to me all the time. I've got uh, two air, two light sport aircraft with Rotax motors, and I've been through the Rotax training. And uh, it's an easy engine to learn and maintain, so I keep an eye on it and keep an eye on their developments. And the 915, right now it's ava- the Rotax 912 and 914 are available as either a carburetor with turbocharging or... Oh, that's my other airplane, that jet that just What is that? That's, is that an L-39? I have, uh, yeah, L-39. I believe it's an L-39. All right. Yeah, while I, you're in, since you've interrupted yourself, I'll point out that not only do we have airplanes taking off in front of us, what's that jet? That's an older vintage that's a, jet. That's a, uh, not, Dave? David. D-33. Thank you. We've got a, a whole bunch of, uh, well, they look like. Uh, that's amazing. I was going to say they're all RVs, but they're not. They're uh, like. I don't, I don't think RVs make jet makes jets. No, I'm talking about yeah. the ones that are on the taxiway oh, okay. doing run up here. <laughs> right. Yeah, we just had a big uh, 
early, early Meg. I think a 15. And the uh, the HC 130 is starting its engine, so that'll be happening pretty soon. So you'll hear some yeah. of that noise. I'm so sorry, the, yeah, no the problem. So the Rotax 9 series is available now with uh, fuel injection or turbocharging, and the excitement for Light Sport is that the 915 series coming next year will be available with both turbocharging and fuel injection. 135 horsepower in a motor that's going to weigh roughly 120 pounds. So in terms of horsepower to weight ratio, it's uh, it's about the best out there. Yeah, yeah. So that's I thought that was very very cool. I am in, I am in such heaven. The smell <laughs> of Jet A coming off that coming off that 130. It's like perfume. I'm watching Dave have an olfactory moment here. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> Jim, very quickly, because we're yeah. starting to run short on this Let's segment, go. but um, you attended a very cool forum. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday morning at 8.30. What was the forum? Oh, oh, that's right. You gave the forum, didn't you? Yes, I, 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 yeah. I did a forum presentation on maintenance records. I don't know how many people really want to get up early on a Tuesday morning and listen to a talk about maintenance records, but I had several people come up to me and thank me, so... I must have done something decent. Very, very and, neat. Uh, very, very we'll neat. Receive, yeah. We'll see if we can do it again in the future. And then uh, uh, the, uh, the being restored, I believe it's a C-47. Um, it is you, a C-47. You, you, you learned a little bit the, more about that. We've talked about that on past episodes, but that's a commemorative, commemorative Air, Air Force. Force. And the commemorative, uh, I, uh, the commemorative Air Force, we, a friend of the podcast, uh, Adam Smith, who is now the director of development for that project, um, invited me to a couple of uh, fundraising parties for the for That's All Brother, and uh, it was fun to see how they fund, they're doing a very grassroots fundraising, a, a Kickstarter or one of the other fundraising sites, a lot of the donations come in, five, ten, twenty dollars at a time, and of course at the fundraising parties, that's where the big money comes in, in larger increments, and there's a lot of support for that project. Uh, I don't know where it is in terms of uh, its restoration currently, although Adam says the money's coming in well and the restoration's moving right along. Yeah. So that that's, was good to see. That's we're talking about. That's all, brother. That's all, brother. The first. That's all, brother. Is the, the nickname. Fir- yes. The first uh, Air Force Army Air Force airplane to lead the Normandy invasion and D-Day. Yep. Led, yep. led the fleet going into Europe. And uh, yeah, well, we've just had two trimuffers in a row take off. I, I don't know any place else on the planet yeah. where you oh, can that, see that. Is this the B-17 getting in position up here, or way up to our to the north, to our left? Yep, oh, that's, yep, there it is. Yep. A lot very, of cool airplanes. Very shiny. Can you tell if that's a Lumina overcast from here? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. It hurts to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah G- they never looked like that in combat. They, they would have stuck out like a, exactly. like a mirror. So, Jim, the C-47 yes, uh, that you were just talking about, I went by there, and, and you can look from, uh, from uh, nose to tail and see all different stages and phases of restoration. There's uh, areas on the left side near the near the tail that are brand new shiny, and then as you kind of work towards the nose, you can you can almost see it's like a house in cutaway, house under construction with in different phases. It, it was in pretty bad shape when we saw it before the restoration started. Yeah. One one more thing I want to get in before uh, my allotted time is yeah. used up. Yeah. I have to, all right. I got enough time. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends from home in Pennsylvania. Uh, Rich from Lancaster uh, flew out here like so many pilots do, 10,000 airplanes, and uh, unfortunately ran into a, a spot of bad trouble, bad luck on his way into Oshkosh. And he's here in Oshkosh, but unfortunately he doesn't have the same vantage point because he's watching it from a hospital room 
uh, after a bit of medical attention this week. Yeah. So I know that uh, many people have stopped by the Bristol booth where he works to offer best wishes, and I just wanted to offer uncontrolled airspace's best wishes to Rich uh, for a as fast a recovery as possible. He's up walking and talking, so things are looking good. And now his family is just trying to figure out the best way to get him back to Pennsylvania and back to home. Yeah, so. yeah. our thoughts are with your friend and with a small handful of people who uh, suffered various mishaps throughout the week. Um, it's, a, it's a big show, and life happens. Um, and, uh, you know, these things from time to time. Um, anything else before we take the break here? What's going on here? David, the... Uh, you know, the, uh, the grounds are starting to clear out, but we've got the Aeroshell team right in front of us trying to get into their uh, their parking positions here. All right, and the, uh, the 130 is just revving up. Has rolled forward a little bit, is beyond is in between the two parallel taxiways now. Right. And uh, probably going to take off. We're probably going to miss it. It'll happen during yeah, the break. Let me, let me just quick describe what's going on. Two airplanes at a time line up side by side on runway 18 facing south. And as soon as the airplane down the runway gets off the ground, FAA says, you're good to go, cleared for takeoff. The next one moves up behind him. So there's always two side by side, and it's just one after another. Left, right, left, right. We also have a queue of show planes taxiing into uh, Boeing Centennial Square for the afternoon air show. So it's uh, it's an exotic mix, and it's... In- it's quite a system, it's, but obviously it works intoxic- very, very well. Yeah, It's, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Hey, we got to take a break here. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. The voice of EAA, EAA Radio, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and online at eaaradio.net. If someone you know sees Dave Higdon on the grounds at AirVenture Oshkosh, he will run screaming in the opposite direction if he's smart. Back now with more Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Welcome back to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. I'm Jack. Dave's here. The uh, air cab is here, and uh, we're just having a great old time up on the deck watching the airplanes go by, enjoying the beautiful weather here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Joining us now uh, on the mic is uh, Jeff Ward, uh, who's been helping us with some... Uh, I, I, you know, I just can't even thank you. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I used to do the show notes way back in the day. I used yes, to do the show did. notes, yeah. and, you, and we kind of... I, I, I tried to make it crowdsourced, and mm-hmm. to it, I thought a whole bunch of people would come and help us with the show notes, and a whole bunch of people did not come and help us with the show notes, but you came and helped with the show notes, and you've been just an invaluable resource and a good friend ever since, and so I, 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 because I was so relieved when I didn't have to do the show notes anymore, and so... Uh, and, I, and after nine years, I can understand yeah, why. Yeah, so. well, yeah, and I keep waiting for you to say, just, sorry, Jack, I can't do it anymore, but you haven't done that yet. No, not yet. Um, uh, uh, welcome, Jeff Ward, and uh, thanks for all that. Thanks for you help us with a lot of different things, and that's terrific. Yep. Well, I'm glad to be here, of course, and uh, it's always great to be here. It's a lot of fun to work with Jim on the uh, tie-down party. That's and, right. I should thank you for uh, that as well. I know you're one of the uh, instrumental in making the tie-down party happen. Yeah, uh, you've our, been doing our, that for a few years now. Our shopping runs to the pick and save our our legends. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Uh, <laughs> big, big. Yeah, I've, I've been there for some of the comments as you roll out multiple shopping carts <laughs> full of beer, filled with che- cheesy poops and, cheesy and poops other things. And beer, that's yeah, right, yeah, and, and, yeah, and one with ice. Yeah. yeah. So. How's the week been for you, Jeff? Have you uh, seen some interesting things? Yeah, it, it, it has been very interesting. Um, you know, of course, a lot of the stuff is, is stuff that's here every year. The You know, the aircraft exhibits, there were some new things. Um, uh, but, you know, it's been great to be with the people. I love camping in Scholar. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd do it any other way if, mm-hmm. unless it was just wasn't an option. Um, 
you know, spent some time uh, with the folks at Camp Bacon, which is great. And right. Now, you, now, Dave and I and Jeb were camping in Camp Bacon. You were off. You are with the – where do you camp? You're uh, elsewhere, right? Yeah, I usually camp with some folks from my EAA chapter uh, who are also Sonics builders. Uh, so uh, we were actually – Within, What's your EA chapter? Give them a shout out. It's here. Uh, EA 106 out of Lawrence uh, Airport in Massachusetts. That's so, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we were very close to the uh, movie theater, the fly-in theater, uh, which keeps you up kind of late, but it's but you can just put your chair outside and watch the movie. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's great. I've I've really it's been great. The the a little rainy a couple of days, but not too bad. Yeah. And, and yeah. it cooled up. Yeah. So it was what good. stands out for you this year? This this week? This year at yeah. AirVenture? Yeah. Um, well, you know, everybody will say this, and Mike ta- uh, is going to talk about it later, the, the, the Martin Mars, because it's like a one-of-a-kind thing. So that was great to see. Yeah, we're um, going to talk to Mike about that later yeah, on, because and I'm, he, we're he, jealous of him. Sure. Uh, it was fabulous to see the snowbirds. I don't know if anybody's going to talk in more detail. Um, oh, well, oh, wait, hang on a second. We just have to watch uh, Aluminum Overcast uh, take off here. Well, we got a tri-motor touching down and a B-17 yeah, tri-motor, taking off. That's, yeah, Parallel runways, tri-motor down, B-17 up. I love it. That's yeah. great. You nowhere yeah. else, man. <laughs> uh, what, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, things you th- thought were notable here. Yeah, this oh, yeah, yeah. So the Martin Mars, the, uh, the Snowbirds. Never seen them yeah, before. Snowbirds, yeah. Um, who knows if we'll see them again, but, you know, hopefully I, I will. I hope we see them again. I, I, I was lucky enough to see them a handful of times mm-hmm. way back, almost 20 years ago when I was living out west. Yeah. And, uh, and so I've been raving about them on the, yeah. on the podcast for years now. I was, you know, I was, I was simultaneously thrilled that they were going to be here, mm-hmm. but also a little nervous that maybe I'd overstated it. All right. Oh, how good! Um, no, you and, didn't. <laughs> and uh, and so I was very pleased yesterday afternoon when we saw them fly yeah. to remember that I didn't overstate it. Yeah, They're that, spectacular and beautiful. And, yeah, and the the precision, the grace, the the way they change formations, uh, you know, on the fly, and it's just fabulous. Um, One of the things I noticed about this Snowbirds presentation was that you know, have nine airplanes. When you see the, um, the uh, Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds, they'll fly four or five or six airplanes. When you see the uh, Snowbirds do their nine-plane tight formation and the whole thing rotates all together, you have to think about how much coordination goes into that? That was really cool. It yeah, really was. Yeah, the outboard uh, guys, the, the out on the out on the wings, really have to move a lot. Yeah. You know, when they're when they're maintaining exactly, that formation. Exactly. Yeah. So the, that that was cool. The um, other thing I found notable about uh, talking about the formations, and by the way, the C one thirty is lined up now. I'm getting ready to. Uh, oh yeah. To, yeah. Uh, be that, released here. He's, that could be loud. He's stopped now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and, and this engines are powering up, and uh, brake release now. There we go. Here we go. And this is an intersection takeoff for this thing, too. <laughs> I know. I mean, he didn't hardly need any runway no, at all, right? I, you know, know. I don't think he's carrying, you know, 100,000 pounds of cargo. There goes that C-130 rolling so. down the runway. Well, it's noteworthy. This is the 100th anniversary of, of Coast, Guard Coast Guard Aviation. That's right. So of they were, had a big presence here this year. Yeah. So, uh, Snowbirds in formations. I'm sorry, Jim. Yeah. Got very quiet all of a sudden. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Snowbirds in formations. One of the things I thought I, I remembered from years ago and saw the other day is that, so as Jim alluded to, they have these complex nine ship formations that they mm-hmm. fly but they have three or four of them that they do on a regular basis and if you watch them usually it's not over show center you've got to watch them in there in the distance yeah. when they transition from one of these formations to another yeah. that in and of itself is, 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 it's is beautiful right this, yeah. it's like ballet as they you know one airplane drops down and then one goes yeah. up and one goes left and one goes right and they just kind of boom they yeah. suddenly pop into a different formation yeah they, they make a pass in one formation and they change on the way out and it's just remarkable yeah. to see and so, and my two favorite for, my two favorite maneuvers that they do 
do mm-hmm. are, are one is they, they do a, a for some ch- it's a lot of teams do a, sort of what I call an upward bomb burst sure. where they basically go vertical and then mm-hmm. at the top of the vertical they all go in different directions right. and when four airplanes do that it's it, spectacular it, when, when nine, nine do it alright it's really cool alright and then well, let me, I mean, Jim wants to get in here, but I want to say the other other uh, thing they do that I like is what I call the horizontal bombers, mm-hmm. right? Where they are, the formation is coming straight at you at from the, the distance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And just as they are reach the edge of the showgrounds, all right, they all. Actually, what happens is that is that something like the outboard ones kind of peel off left and right, mm-hmm. and then the center ones kind of like go crazy, as if you yeah. know, of course it's not crazy; it's all totally choreographed, mm-hmm. but it looks like it's like a, the, the the sparks from a from a bomb burst of some sort it's very very cool jim uh james excuse me i think it's hard to kind of choose a favorite and i love those formations you described they remind me of fireworks and the burst in the sky mm-hmm. i think for me the battle of britain maneuver as they refer to it when they all head straight towards you and then they start interweaving mm-hmm. as though they're making some uh, sort of like diving strafing run mm-hmm. over each other mm-hmm. it and it seems to never end as they kind of barrel roll over one another is absolutely yeah. phenomenal yeah. yeah yeah so if you ever have a chance to, I, i've said this over and over again over the years and now i can say it with some authority if you have a chance to see the canadian snowbirds you should right Mike. Well, so in their air force yeah <laughs> in their friday show about two minutes in there was an issue with one of the aircraft who broke and landed and taxied all the way up, and then about ten minutes later, back he comes in the, in the in the backup aircraft, steps right back in. But in that period of time, when there was one fewer ship, mm-hmm. they just kept going. Yeah, didn't and, break and yeah. didn't really look like there were holes in the formations either. Uh-huh. That's, That's interesting. They must have. I wonder, did they fill in the hole? Do they have like a backup plan where suddenly six becomes five, or you know, ship six Actually, becomes it, ship it, five? It, or? it looked like they did. It looked like that's yeah. something they used the that's happened before. That, yeah, they can. Very and, interesting. And, and for me, one of the notable things about the Snowbirds is they fly a long show. Yes. It's nearly it really is minutes. long, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long show, and uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is. It's, it's, it's very very cool. Very one, very cool. And that leads into the one point I want to make as an amateur photographer. Um, as jet teams go, these guys fly slow. They're really easy to photograph. They're yep. they're not going all that fast. They, they you, you know, you, nice to get good pictures of them. I bet you didn't stop the props. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right. And you can use a fast shutter speed, and and, and you got it right. Yeah. So so that was that was a big thing. You had a chance to which one do you want to do? You want to uh, do Innovation Center. You had a chance to visit the EA Innovation yeah, Center a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did go through there. It's always interesting to see what people are working on, uh, different things. There was nothing in there in particular that jumped out at me but i'm always glad to see it it gives a, a forum for people who are are doing you know trying to innovate trying to bring something new to right, aviation right. uh so i think i think it's great that it's there was um, that where this airbus e-fan aircraft it was, was in working? that general area yeah so that was they had their own yeah. separate booth if you if possible give me 45 seconds on this airplane because it's caught my attention and i haven't ch- had a chance to go by and look yeah. at it yet well i mean it you know it's it has flown and and uh you know, to me, as a as is a, it a fan jet or a yes? It's, so it's got basically oh, it's right. got twin. It looks almost like a mini A10 with uh, with electric ducted fans on the on okay. the back. Yeah, um, and no Gatling gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, forget it then. Who cares? Although yeah, I think yeah. that would make it an improvement. I know, uh, but but it really looks like a giant version of some radio control planes I've had. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's small. It's much smaller than I expected. But of course, they're carrying battery yeah. weight and whatever. But but now wait a minute. It's a, it's not a it's it's an electric aircraft. It's an electric. Uh, aircraft. See, that's the part I didn't catch. Yeah. So it's not a fan jet. It's a e- electric fan. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. Right. The e and e fan. And how many from. seats does it have? Uh, I, you know, it's, I think it's one. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> At this point, well, it's this, very small. This is a developmental aircraft. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're just starting to. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just trying to. Yeah. Mike's going to spoil it for us and technology. actually speak with authority. No, no, no. I'm asking if this is. You remember the Martin Jetpack? Is this the Martin Jetpack yeah, on its yeah, side yeah, with yeah, wings? But, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm sure the Airbus PR guys are loving you say that. Yeah, yeah, right? No, yeah. no. Believe me, it's, it's, it's got a little bit more weight. Well, well it, not, it, I don't want to say more weight, we, but it's we, got more We can't say that it does get out of ground effect. Yes, it does. Yeah. We have a couple more minutes in the segment, Jeff. What do you got? Yeah, we got two minutes. So the other thing, I did go over to the to the drone area, you know, because I'm a radio control guy. It's always interesting. Okay, uh, we'll let y'all. We'll allow you that. Yeah, thank you. But I do fly full scale. Just so I understand. Okay. Um, I think RC airplanes are terrific. I'm sorry that they're getting hurt by this whole drone thing. Yeah, and we can talk about that for more than two minutes. So, yeah. um, but but it was interesting. They've got some stuff about uh, you know that that's going to in, in the innovation center actually working towards integration, miniaturized ADSB for for small you know. Uh, uh, unmanned aircraft systems and that sort of thing. But of course, they had more of the toy drones, but they also had some very large multi-copters that are being used for uh, pipeline and power line inspections and for humanitarian stuff, actually being able to carry a load. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it was good. You see, it's it's the, the fun stuff, but it's also the, the real utility, the, the way that these things can be uh, put to a positive use right, for, right. for society as long as they stay out of our way. Yeah. You mean... <laughs> There's something more positive than delivering a hot pizza, <laughs> yeah. or or a six pack of beer to the guys ice fishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, real quickly, because we are running out. But but it's this is interesting. Um, you apparently went to a forum on uh, mounting cameras on airplanes. Yeah. Is this a thing? I mean, is this a, is are there oh, are there incidents here? With yeah. So the, the people uh, mounting GoPros GoPros on airplanes and are falling off. Yeah. In some cases, it's it, uh, you stay out of some compliance territory by by mounting something temporarily. The problem is is that most temporary mountings don't work all that well, and if the camera falls off, which they do apparently with some regularity, with duct tape, with even some of the sticky mounts that are regularly used, with suction cups people are using, well, you're you could be subject to uh, a compliance violation under the uh, you know just general careless operation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a big deal. So the we're, FAA's we're not allowed to drop things out of the airplane. Not yeah, unless not, yeah. you're skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> or toilet paper roll. So what do they recommend? Do they just say be careful, or do they have actual practical? I know. Do we have practical uh, recommendations? No, yeah, they, if there are solutions for it, uh, to do it right, though, is generally going to be a, a minor, modif- uh, minor alteration, and there's paperwork involved. But that is the safest way to do it. Yeah. A 337. Yep. And a, We're coming from the, fri- the flight line, the flight line, the flight line of uh, Air Venture <laughs> Oshkosh 2016. Easy uh, for you to say. We're having a good old time, and uh, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Uh, you're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. It's a worldwide aviation event that's way beyond what I ever dreamed it would ever be. Thanks, Paul, for everything. This is EAA Radio. Jeb Burnside has been trying out new pickup lines while at AirVenture Oshkosh this week. That's such a tight engine you have. Back now with more uncontrolled airspace on EAA Radio. <laughs> we were warned that that one was going to get used. Okay, I, uh, I and it's, but the thing is, I don't remember the context of that conversation. I'm going to have to listen to that one again. The context was a conversation with Jim about the fact that he's got an airplane that's showing positive oil pressure when it's sitting still in the hangar. Oh, that kind of a tight engine. Okay, <laughs> all right. I feel so much better now. I have to tell you that there were more. There were more. 
uh, 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 little outtakey things in that episode that Jim, Mike that you produced for us earlier in the week that I've seen in quite some time. It was like, oh, you got to take that out. Oh no, you got to take that out. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, maybe we'll charge money for the outtakes reel one of these days. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I was mentioning to Jeb, I said, there's that thing you said at the beginning of the episode, and I almost left it in, and he goes, no, you didn't leave that in, did you? And I, you know, you know I, I came to my senses and took it out, but, you know, it was there. Uh, Jim G., what's this cool airplane that's over here on the center taxiway getting ready to roll out? So there's a uh, twin turboprop Coast Guard airplane, which is an HC-144. Uh, it's got its engines up and running at a low... at probably taxi idle or something like that and it's in a blue and gold color that's no longer used part of the coast guard 100th anniversary celebration this the 100th anniversary of coast guard flight aviation is that they've had different aircraft painted in different color schemes from different eras of coast guard aviation so as we've looked around the west ramp boeing plaza we see the air, the different Coast Guard equipment in different colors, and that's what's that's what's going on with them. So Very this nice. one is a, definitely an older scheme, and it's uh, waiting. It's waiting to get ready to taxi out. Yeah, very nice. One of the Ford trimotors here. They probably get more hours than any other airplane on the field this week. Uh, they're constantly giving rides. He's touching down on the, uh, the repurposed taxiway over there on the far side, which is actually uh, uh, would be uh, what one eight left this week, and uh, just rolling out now. And a steady stream of small and large airplanes going out in front of us here. So we've got the, that was Jim G, Jim you were hearing. We've got a Jim and a James here this morning, and I I, I fear that I've mixed up their names more than once already. But I'm going to try and do better. What, um, what, what was your name again? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know either. Uh, James James Winbrand, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Welcome. So, I, uh, it's uh, it's we don't see as much as you of you this week this during this week as we used to because we all used to be together on the newspaper and now we're not. You still are though. I still am, and we've been doing our best to keep up with all the events all the news, all the activities from here, and there has been quite a bit. Yeah, now you became the, the federal guy, or I, well, maybe that's a little too broad a statement, but but you did some interesting interviews this week. Who'd you talk to? Uh, I talked to uh, um, Michael Huerta. I listened to him. I didn't speak to him, but I did the speak FAA to him. The FAA Excuse administrator. me, of course, the FAA administrator, the gentleman who will be putting into play the medical reform that was the focus of so much here and i did sit down with senator jim inhofe of oklahoma who spearheaded that effort yep yep but let me digress for one moment sure. because in all this talk of vintage and centennials and antiques some people are concerned about the future of aviation uh-huh and what's coming up next and we did see quite a bit to give us I just want to interrupt in the background. We've got the uh, Grumman TBF Avenger taking off yeah. in uh, the navy blue. Beautiful yeah, plane. Beautiful airplane. I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying we saw quite a bit here this week to encourage us about the future of aviation. Uh, we had the two millionth Young Eagle flown, of course. And uh, during the week, Alaska Airlines, as part of the Boeing Centennial Celebration, flew in their newest... That's all right. Let it, it's beautiful noise. It's a joyous noise. Yes, I'll defer to the cavitating props. Uh, Alaska Airlines flew in their newest 737-900, piloted by an all-female crew carrying women from the airline and from an aviation high school out there, Raysback Aviation High School in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Along with the crew that commanded the aircraft on the way in were a number of other pilots for Alaska Airlines, uh, female pilots, including uh, Ms. Rydell, 
who told me, oh, yes, I'm from Fond du Lac. I used to come here every year. I sold ice cream here. That's why I became a pilot. I became inspired. And her mother, Diane, an EAA member, was there with her. And, and uh, she mentioned, uh, Ms. Rydell mentioned that it was her mother who encouraged her and her sister, Chrissy, who is now a Delta Airlines pilot, to get involved in aviation. So all this was tremendously heartening. And then, of course, as we were discussing the medical reform issue. Yeah, before you go to that, let me just, I want to just follow up on something you said, because I find it, women in aviation, um, it seems to continue to make inroads and makes uh, and continue to build that population in that community, and I think that's awesome. Tremendous. Um, it, you know, it, it, a lot of people have been involved in that. Um, one of which is is our friend Amy Lavota, who always played a big role in in encouraging women to get involved in flying over the years, getting all people involved in in in, uh, in flying. Um, it, it's it's been my impression, and particularly this year, and I don't know why it sticks out to me this year. There are a lot of young women, girls, um, who are here. Um, I, I'm almost tempted to say I. I see more young you know, girls than I see boys here, um, uh, and, and, and you know, and I'm sure a lot of them are here just because they're part of their family. But a lot of them seem to be genuinely interested in what's going on—the aviation, the technology, the the community—and uh, and I think that's terrific. And that's you know, kudos to all those folks who have been promoting this cause for the trying to trying to level this field and uh, and get things going in that regard. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Uh, from my from my opinion, because I recall when I first came here about 20 years ago, and, and after that, the first few years after that, we didn't see that population of young women. And as you say, it's it's just wonderful and very encouraging. Sure, and sure. A lot of credit belongs to Dr. Peggy, who started yeah. uh, Women yeah. in Aviation International. Uh, their show continues to grow every year. Their scholarship program has given away a huge amount of money to help advance women in aviation scholarships for type ratings for training uh it's really remarkable how far she's come with that and uh, a tip of the wing to her and i did have a chance to see dr peggy chambrain here and speak with her and uh she reminded me that the women in aviation international gathering will be taking place in orlando next so i would encourage those who want to learn more show up in Orlando for that event. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I interrupted you. So uh, what's the deal with um, uh, third-class medical? Uh, uh, well, know. just to bring folks up to date, if they're not aware, uh, this effort to reform third-class medical has been going on for some time. Uh, many pilots saying it doesn't make sense to get a third-class medical. It's a needless expense. It's keeping people out of the sky who should be there. Uh, so we've been trying to get the FAA to do something about that. Of course, the EAA has been leading the charge in many ways. Uh, while the FAA was working on that, guess what? The Congress passed the FAA reauthorization extension, their funding, yep. which will now last until September. And as part of that... September of 17. September. September of 2017. 2017. Yep. 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 And we did talk about this a little bit on the podcast in the past. You, sp What did the administrator have to say about this? Does he seem... I'm sure he said he was supportive of it. Do you get a sense of whether he's genuinely supportive of it? I, I like to think so because he talked about other reform efforts that he is initiating. Jack Pelton, in introducing him, quoted... Uh, the administrator Huerta from an earlier speech where he said the FAA can't afford to move at the pace of government when aviation moves at the pace of innovation. He talked about uh, good flattening, line, yeah. flattening the management structure. I think Jim Goldman yeah, has something Jim, pertinent you, to yeah, say. I just want to jump in on the terminology just so we don't confuse people. 
the, it, we call it medical reform, but it's not a third-class medical reform. It's important to point out the distinction. The third-class certificate and its requirements have not changed one bit. What they've created is an exemption. So if you qualify under an exemption, you can move out of the third-class medical process. So we, we better be careful no, that's saying very good class for clarifying medical point, reform. Clarifying good that. point. And there is a lot of fine print, so this doesn't mean just go out, tear up your medical, and go flying. You will have to pass a third-class medical at some point yep. in your career, in your aviation career, to then become exempt from it. So this doesn't mean that right. new pilots coming in are going to be But if you pass one in the last 10 years, you're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah. So um, did the administrator, did you get some sense from the administrator whether or not they plan to get this thing in place prior to the 2017 deadline? Oh, yes. At 2017 deadline, they've been given six months to write the rules, six months to put them into effect. Senator Inhofe said he thinks, he believes they are going to be on schedule with that as well. Uh, Huerta also committed to that schedule. Very cool. Very cool. Anything else come up in your conversations with them that are oh, of, of, of note? Quite a bit. I mean, if we want to get to what Oshkosh is all about, Senator Inhofe, again, who was one of the leaders of the effort, came here for the 36th straight time flying with his son the Grumman Tiger aircraft that he first flew here 36 years ago. Not Very the cool. same model, the exact Very same cool. aircraft. This is a relatively senior U.S. senator, and he camps in Camp Scholar, right? 81 years old. He was re-elected last year. He said, the only thing they could say my nine opponents against me was, Senator, you're too old. I said, when I can no longer fly upside down, then I'm too old. So I made a spot with me flying 30-second 30 second spot with me upside down in my RV-8. And that's actually what was used to open his forum. Um, real quickly, what's PAFI? P-A-F-I? PAFI, the uh, Piston Aviation Fuels Initiative. You know, we heard about 100 lead, low lead going away. It hasn't been on the radar of many pilots recently. But in fact, there has been an ongoing effort for several years now, actually launched in 2010 right here at AirVenture to create an alternative unleaded fuel. And that is progress, progress in that program has been substantial. The first phase is completed. Two fuels are now under consideration. They will be further tested. And the goal is by the end of 2018 to have a fuel that we can use for a replacement for 100 low lead. Yeah, very, very cool. Thank you, James. We appreciate all that information. Hang around. We're going to talk some more later on, but we get to have to take a break great. here. Uh, you're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. You're listening to EAA Radio, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and online at eaaradio.net. Dave Higdon shares how to demonstrate his youthful vigor at Oshkosh. Trying to prove how much I can sweat up a t-shirt in one hour. Back now with more Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. David, here's something I don't say very often. David, you're awful quiet. <laughs> well, I haven't really needed to say yeah, I know we've had these. They have been so many people here filling in the some gaps great stuff, such yeah. great stuff. Yeah. What do you see? What's going on out here? You seen anything notable? What's this airplane over here that's uh, also on the center taxiway? They're starting to starting to empty out the west ramp, the Boeing Plaza, I believe it's called this year. And uh, pardon me, Boeing Centennial Plaza, I'm told. Yes. So. Uh, so I, I was. Jeff said this is a uh, Grumman C2. It's a uh, another. I believe it's a Coast Guard 
No, airplane. That's yep. There's another one of uh, Jim G's uh, uh, L39s yeah. going by there. Yeah, that's yeah. my other plane. I let them use it this week. <laughs> and this guy's got his wings folded back. Probably, yeah, he's probably for the uh, for for West. Oh, it's carrier-based aircraft. It's a twin turboprop. It's got some really interesting uh, propeller blades. Dave, do you want to explain what those are? Well, the com- composite multi-blade props. Yeah, Let's what is see, that? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I believe there's seven is what I count. Yeah, puppy. seven blades on each side. Yep. I uh, uh, just I was fortunate enough to be able to fly on a C2 Greyhound on and off of the Enterprise. Hold everything. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hang on a second here. We are humbled in your presence. Hold, you've been holding out on us, James. What the heck? You did a cod. Holding out. When did this happen, James? Uh, this was, I, I guess, uh, around the turn of the century, as they say. And this last one went out to join the fleet to take part in some exercises. So we flew with a crew, a video crew, onto the Enterprise and then were helicoptered around over the course of several days to some other aircraft, uh, to the USS Nassau, to the Whitney, which is a command ship. We got to take part in a faux land invasion, and when all was said and done, we got then shot off of the Enterprise again in a Greyhound. You really use the term shot off in this environment. Okay, all right. Well, that's, that's a cat shot, That's baby. a cat shot. Okay. Cat James, shot. we're exactly. going to get you on the regular podcast because we have to hear more of this story later on, all right? A- any of but, our flying adventures just got real small. I know, really. All right, all right. But here we go. All right, this is this. I think this has potential to be a legendary UCAP segue. Speaking of flying boats... <laughs> okay. Uh, joining us this segment is uh, is uh, uh, Mike Morgan. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great, Jack. Yeah. I'm delighted to be here. Now we 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 you know it's a good thing we love you because we hate you. That's what I said earlier. Uh, because you got a chance to get uh, get on board inboard a very very cool airplane this week. What was that? So the ginormous Martin Mars flying boat. Yeah. Which has been hanging around the seaplane base since the Saturday before Air Venture. Mm-hmm. Flew in the uh, air show Monday and Wednesday. Uh, and Friday, but not Saturday, which was kind of uh, unexpected. Yeah. and let's come back to that in a second here. Uh, tell us about the airplane. What's it like? You, 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 it's big. It is immaculately maintained. Ah. It's, it's stunning what wonderful condition this ship is in. It uh, is huge. It's, it's a big sucker, <laughs> and it's the only aircraft I've ever been in where the front office felt like a front office because it's got wall-to-wall carpet. Really? Okay. And it's got in the place right behind the uh, co-pilot's chair where you would expect to see maybe engineering in an airliner. There's a mahogany desk that's clad in steel, painted a nicely coordinating color of maroon to match uh-huh. the carpet. Okay. Uh-huh. And then about 15 feet back from that, you know, down some, uh, some again, carpeted stairs, is the biggest engineering console I've ever seen. It's on the pilot side. And there are two chairs there, which, unfortunately, I didn't get an answer for why that is, but it's big. Mm-hmm. And so you got to crawl around uh, various spots. I saw a picture of you standing up on top of the thing. Yeah, we walked from from uh, from uh, fore to aft, and then we uh, climbed some stairs and went out on a, a little hatch on the top. And as you stand on this uh, on a, on a uh, platform right over, no, sorry, under the cockpit, under and behind the cockpit, you look to the sides, and there are two little access ports, and you go inside the wings for inspection and actually for for maintenance on a normal uh-huh. trip they yep. would they would kill an engine let it cool down and they'd run uh, technicians out there to replace the oil 
check it over and in, then in just flight or just in what? flight during, really? during the yeah. seven hour flight yeah. to, from, yeah. uh, okay. from California to Hawaii which uh-huh. is what this was thing designed was designed to do was to carry troops and material on the Hawaii run uh-huh now you you were you the reason you were out there is you were doing interviews for EA radio uh, did you tell me that those those interviews are going to run again later today is that's that? right I put together an audio tour with all kinds of interesting sounds of making the whole trip. Uh, it ran on Monday night uh, this past week. It's also going to run today, Sunday, on earadio.net at 12.03. Okay. And does, is there a... Uh, Central, de- 12.03 Central. Is there an on-demand archive of this stuff as there well? There will be. So a lot of the content that was produced this year, some of it aired live, some of it was pre-taped. It'll all be packaged up, actually, by the end of the day today. Airplane airplane notification day? I don't know. What okay. are we, I, I hear a noise, but I can't tell what it is. It's just, that, uh, yeah. it's just miscellaneous run-ups going on well, out here. Well, th- yeah, that... Uh that aircraft with folded wings, it's running oh, yeah, an engine. The, uh, the Greyhound's got the, one. The, yeah, they've got one. Starboard engine. He, he, right. I'm hoping that he's read his checklist because he hasn't unfolded his wings yet. I know. Well, his crew chief's out there. I'm pretty sure he will. Yeah. Uh, won't yeah. let him take off without it. But Mike, talking about the Martin Mark. Yeah, so the, the, uh, the archive will be available within the next couple of weeks. So it'll be streaming in random rotation, and it'll be available on demand. Yeah. Now, that airplane, if uh, the numbers I read are correct, will carry 10,000 gallons of water. Yeah, there's a couple of different um, uh, Martin Mars that exist today. The other one's not flyable and has uh, over 10,000 in capacity. This one, I was told, 7,200 gallons ingesting at the rate of about a ton of water every second as it's bringing water in. So the process, as was explained to me, is that it basically does a touch-and-go on the water, reduces speed to around 60 knots, lowers two probes, 8 inches in diameter each probe, so not that big. It ingests 7,200 gallons of water in about 30 seconds. They retract the probes, advance the throttles, and take off again. Right, yeah. One of the aeroshell uh, aircraft, they were, they've just powered up, and some of them, not all of them, it appears, are, are now taking off in front of us. Um, did, did the pilots talk at all about... The interesting thing is I think the listeners can hear us just fine, but we can barely hear each other here. Yeah. It's a, uh, the, uh, the, how the handling changes when you, when you unload. I didn't spend any time with the pilots. I know that they gave a forum this week, uh, but the, the, the person we spoke to is actually the owner who is looking for what he calls exactly the right buyer because the aircraft has been retired from service. And so I, I'm guessing that part of the trip here was to, you know, examine the marketplace. Yeah. They, uh, there, the, there, the wings are full, unfolding now, so all is well in the world. Uh, that's that's both, really fascinating. Both I guess they, caught, they just caught that on the checklist. Said, oh, my God, we forgot to unfold yeah, the no. wings. Oh, yeah. All kidding aside, I'm sure they didn't forget anything, but they're, they're probably doing it exactly right. And now there's some great big pins about the yeah. size of your calves latching up spars together. Mike, those of us who weren't here or aren't here or weren't here earlier in the week saw a lot of cool pictures of the Martin Mars doing flybys here uh, throughout the week, but then it missed its scheduled flyby on Saturday. Um, why was that? Well, so this has been, this was explained earlier in the day on EA Radio. I'll try to sort of uh, To the best re- of your knowledge, yes. So um, there was uh, something going wrong with uh, an engine. Uh, this would and, be Friday afternoon. Right, and so they put down in the middle of the lake uh, just to make sure that they uh, didn't have to put down in a place where they really couldn't control Right, and as they did that in a, actually a deeper part of the lake than they than they normally would be in, 
uh, something hit the hole and put a hole about three inches in the Some hole. Some sort of floating debris in the lake. Perhaps. So yeah. they began to take on water, and then they took off again and drained the water out so that they could get over to, you know, close to the seaplane base. Then they started taking on water a little faster than they expected. So when I saw the aircraft last night around 6 o'clock, there were two fairly healthy jets of, uh, of water being extracted and pumped out the side of the ship. Right. And uh, so apparently they've, they've had to bring in some sort of uh, exotic repair crew that will actually get underneath this thing while it's in the water. Started and with divers doing uh, photo reconnaissance of the, of the breach. Yeah. yeah uh, so. And that's all I know. Okay. So as a result, they weren't able to fly on Saturday and probably won't fly today, at least not here at the show, which I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I didn't get to see it in person, but hopefully I'll get to see it in some future year. And uh, uh, we're getting close to our next break here, but what else have you seen this, Mike, this, this week? You, 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 would, you, you wear one of those interesting hats, not unlike James, and, and uh, in that you, you have an official capacity here and get out to talk to people. What else have you seen? What's been your perspective? Well, it, the thing that I think struck me the most is, and, and it's not a big deal, is that a friend of mine who finished his uh, uh, RV7 several years ago, uh, I have uh, I just got a chance to see it today. So I, I spoke with him. He's a guy who lives in Minnesota. He uh, writes a blog and has been speaking you know, in, in various new media about the process of building his vans finally got to see it and it's got 300 hours on it and in between the time he finished it and today he also lost his medical because of Meniere's disease which is an inner ear condition oh. and went through the whole process of getting it back so he built the thing he lost his his medical he considered selling the aircraft he was really kind of in a tough spot and then went through the charged through the entire process 300 hours of flying later here he is at Oshkosh that's terrific that's terrific are you able? Would you like to uh, plug his blog? Do you know what the? You don't know the name of it, do you? I, I wouldn't want to misquote it. All right, I tell you what, we'll try and add it into the uh, yeah. into the show notes. Now or my Jeff will try and now my personal. Jeff can't hear us. Usually, I commit Jeff without him even being in the same room. Now I'm committing Jeff with him just plain not able to hear me, which. <laughs> See now, somebody offered Jeff a mic. We, we just and, held the microphone he, up to him for goes, his what? response. Are you but he can't about hear me? a thing right. that we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you what your assignment is later, Jeff. Uh, okay, all right. On, yeah. a, on a more personal note, my other victory this week was after ten years coming to Oshkosh. This is this is day eight for me, right? And so uh, this is the first time I have ever been the first customer of a portalette after it was maintained. There you oh, go, man. Fine. It doesn't get better than that. It, right? uh, you know, in a strange way, that's a, that's exactly right. Well, in a literal way, it does. Do they give you do they give you like a gold toilet brush or something? Like <laughs> I was I was so proud. I didn't need any special commendation. <laughs> it's all about coming to AirVenture Oshkosh. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. This is Robert Hayes, and you're listening to EAA Radio. And that, as much as anything else, led to my drinking problem. Psychologists say that an aviator's obsession with tip tanks may go back to early childhood experiences. It had a teddy bear strapped in the front seat. Back to uncontrolled airspace on EA Radio. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EA Radio. I'm Jack. Dave's here. The The Air Cab is here. And uh, we, uh, this will be our last segment for this episode. It's, uh, uh, I've had a great time talking and listening to, uh, to these folks um, and watching the airplanes up our, here. Our last segment for this year. Our last segment for 2016 at AirVenture, yeah. Um, the... Uh, the uh, 
I want to call C- it a tracker. That's not correct, C2 though. C2 Greyhound. C- Greyhound. The, the Greyhound is, is, has moved a little bit further out towards the runway. Yeah. Um, its wings are extended and, and appear to be locked in place. Uh, and the we, engines are running. I'm sure and, they uh, check that sort yeah, of thing. And so you? apparently they, they, it's, it's doing an intersection takeoff, and apparently that's because they're going to hook it up to the uh, to the, uh, the catapult. Uh, the catapult. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, there's no catapult no, here. All right. no, uh, by definition, no. that, that's a short field here. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and now it's rolling out here, and uh, it's going to uh, go out into the runway and uh, probably tug off to the south because they all are. Yeah. Um, and, and for a few minutes after it takes off, it'll be quiet again. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wait, he's oh, no, back. He's back taxiing. Oh, see, okay. The whole story just all falls apart here. All right. He's back taxiing to get more runway. All right. Okay. See, we were all ready to be impressed. <laughs> so for, the, for the taxiway, that may be what, what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that, that catapult actually is important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. He's back taxiing, presumably, to get more runway. Yeah. So... Final day here at AirVenture 2016, and uh, you know some. Uh, so you know the last day is always interesting because you're always kind of you maybe are racing around to finish things that you wanted to finish and didn't get to. And I'm just kind of curious. Let's start with, start with Mike. Um, you know what's what's left on the agenda today? You're here today. You leave tomorrow, I believe. Right. right. Well, my volunteer gig with EA Radio continues, so I'm actually on the 12 to one hour, which at 1200 hours is called Squawk 1200. <laughs> oh, wow. I like it. Yeah, I there never you would go. have thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I go back to the studio as soon as we're done here. Do yeah, that. and yeah. then, and then there's a volunteer party which I've never been able to attend. Oh, really? You'll enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah. So that's on my agenda. Yeah, back in the day when we were volunteers, but we're not anymore. So, but uh, actually, that'll be good. Actually, we're volunteering for the radio station. Well, I guess right we now. are. You're right. <laughs> oh no, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. So yeah. So you're gonna shirt? you got to work and then party. That's so that's a good combination. And depart on Monday. And and my my first stop there is Artie and Ed's, which I also have never done yet. I, I don't understand how you've been coming this long and missed all these things. Yeah, Artie was, and Ed's. I was gotta, gobsmacked by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to go to Artie and Ed's, and uh, so that'll be good. Um, and so I take it there's nothing in particular at the show that you've regretted missing so far that you're going to try and sneak in between the work yeah, and the party? Yeah, th- three things. Uh, I, I like to take a sentimental walk along Warbird Alley, which I didn't do this year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to go down to vintage parking and spend a lot of time around the 195s because I, I, I'm i jazzed by the sort of 50s mystique, right? And mm-hmm. I think that the 195 is, is the embodiment of... 50s family cool. Ah, okay. Yeah. There you go. It is. There you go. The uh, Greyhound is uh, it turned around while we were talking. It's yeah, now it's on, on his roll. It's now on the roll here. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's on the big screen out in front of and us as well. And it'll be off the ground before it crosses this. Yeah, because track. it needed so much runway here. It's uh, rolling down. It's almost to beam us now. It's and, past the uh, blue spot. And it's, it hasn't rotated yet. Nope, I was wrong. And where's the rotation? The there's the rotation. Spot. Slowly, nose wheel's coming up. Oh, no, it's not. Come on. You can do it. Fly, little bird, fly. <laughs> little He's, bird. There he goes. Yeah, no. and it did get really quiet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's that sound? Yeah. Did you get to your entire list of things you're yet to do? I forgot number three. Okay, yes. all right, yeah, all right, all right. There's always more to do than anyone can. There really That's is. True. There really is. Uh, James, you're next on the table, so you go next. Okay, well, yes, I have a couple of things to do, but I have to admit I have uh, some regrets as well. Uh, we all know the sawed-off Beatles or the Beatles without doors that drive around here. Red one, the, the famously Volks- Volkswagen Bug. Yes. Uh, auto, uh, airplane. Yeah. Yeah. That other. Yeah, that, that other conveyance. Automobiles. Oh, there vehicle. we go. Okay. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. Famously, red one was Paul Poberesny's. Yep. Red three was Tom Poberesny's. Three. Right. Two was for Audrey, I believe, for a while, anyways. Yeah. And uh, there is also a red five that gets auctioned for people 
people to use oh, for the week. That's what that I saw that that uh, car yes. earlier in the week, and I was trying to figure out who would be Red Five. It's a it's, it's a an fundraising thing. Yeah. That's right. And the winners were Hal and Sandy Chevrolet. Oh, okay. Uh, so well, there you go. I had some things here. I'm still looking for the ideal mounting mechanism for my iPad one. So of course, okay. went by Sporties to see some of the connecting devices. Yep. And there's. Red Five sitting there and Hal and Sandy at the table. So I sit down and join them and we're chatting for a while. And Hal says, James, would you like to drive Red Five? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, there you go. And and did you or is this your regret? Well, this is the regret. There were some things in there I think that staff people needed. And I got the sense that maybe... They couldn't part with the car and seeming and seeing as I might not have come back with it. <laughs> I said thank you very much, but no. no. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Am you're, I stupid or what? You're a better man than I am. <laughs> yeah, Hal and Sandy Shevers, the, 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 some of the good guys. Oh, uh, wonderful what, people. For, considering their position in the aviation world, uh, they are just plain fo- plain folks and nice folks and very friendly and uh, yep. make a huge and contribution to aviation. Been on the pod, both of the both of them have been on the podcast a handful of times. Yeah, but true. not always was lost because I went and I did find a mount, a new kind of mounting solution. So uh, later today, in anticipation of the flight home tomorrow, I'm going to hopefully get over the other side of the field, the week's hangar where they're kind enough to tie me down during the week. Well, not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if I asked them, yeah, who knows what they'd say. Yeah, really, there you go. <laughs> It'd be hard to run around and <laughs> That's work. right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yep. So I'm going to try that on, on the, uh, it's a yoke mount, see how that goes, uh-huh. and I'll report back to you. Very cool. Well, that's good, because you're buying that at Sporties means maybe they can win the auction again next year. I hope so. I'll do anything <laughs> I can to maybe get a second shot. A second chance to drive five. When, yeah. When's the UCAP Cav going to get uh, shot at bidding on that? And we can drive around. <laughs> yeah, well, Jack, yeah. Uh, what do we got in the budget? Yeah, well, that's right. Uh, sure. Well, 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 yeah, at the next board meeting, we'll, we'll, yeah. there'll be a discussion about that, <laughs> yeah. all right? No doubt. Jim Goldman, what's uh, what are you looking forward to? I've got two more things to do while I'm here at AirVenture. Uh, one is the obvious tear down the tent, pack it up, and put it away, which, you'll, which is uh, kind of a sad thing to do. But uh, one more sentimental thing I've got to do, I'm going to stop by my old airplane one more time and give it a pat on the nose. Yeah, that's uh, right. Did you mention this? You saw no, your I haven't air- mentioned this This yet. is your, your, your long-time, uh, so what, 182? Three years ago, I sold a Cessna 182 that I had owned for six years. And, in fact, Jack, you've been in it, on, and we've talked about it on I have, the episodes. I've, I've, I've ridden with you in that airplane a couple uh, of times, Because I think. my yeah. flying turned a different direction. And I was walking through the exhibit area, and, and there it is, sitting in the exhibit area. It was purchased by an engine conversion company, Alamo Airspace in Texas. And my airplane is sitting in the exhibit area with a brand new spanky engine with uh, 30 more horsepower. So yeah, really. I'll give it a fond farewell as I leave today. If you had known it was going to get a new engine, you might not have sold it. Uh, <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Jim, yeah. just don't let anyone catch you kissing the spinner. <laughs> yeah. I yep. did that last night in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. All right. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what are you looking forward to? Well, uh, I'm looking, well, there are a lot of things that I probably missed, but uh, I am packed up. My car is fairly close by, and as soon as we're done here, I hit the highway for Chicago uh, and, okay. and the uh, human mailing tube. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we all have to go home eventually, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll be glad to be there, but I will uh, miss this place. Before I, before Dave and I tell what we're going to do here, I want to jump. We, we heard during the break an interesting stat. We were talking earlier about how big this year was and how successful this year was. We heard an interesting stat, uh, stat from uh, our pal Launchpad Marzari uh, that that, uh, that who uh, wears a hat working for Pipistrel uh, throughout the week. And uh, hi, Brad. How you doing? 
Hi, guys. So this, uh, Brad, uh, long-time listeners will also know Brad is the chocolate guy. Uh, he's the one who brings us uh, beautiful, wonderful German chocolate. But uh, real quickly, um, you, you, Pippa Stroll had a good week. We saw more people. Good week for us. We did four. Four airplanes. That's a big number. Four airplanes. That's, That's a, a big good, number. That's a good, solid week yeah. for us. And That's then great. we were all walking around with our chest puff out that we did four, and we walked by, and... Uh, Cirrus? Cirrus is reporting... 40. 4-0, yeah. So, Holy but uh, but that's it's cool. A, it's a big year all around, and that's very, very good. Like that's very, very good. Thank you. Thanks for that stat. We appreciate that touch point. That's, that's, that's great. Good news. Good, we, good year here at uh, Osh 16. <laughs> David, well, we're reaching the end of another one here. I've got a, a few things I want to do here. Um, there's a few uh, exhibit airplanes I really want to go see, so I'm going to wander out and, and take a look at those. I'm going to try and make a whirlwind tour through the exhibit hangars because I haven't had a chance to see all but one of those. Um, so I'll do that. Um, and, uh, you know, and just kind of touch base. I'm going to drive away from here later on this afternoon. I want to see the snowbirds one last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I'm going to head home after that. Um, what are you up to, David? You're Well, I... Uh- I'd hope to get into some workshops uh, to uh, learn how to do some of the parts of my project that I'm weak on, but that didn't happen. I was blessed with uh, to picking up some extra work for the company. So uh, I'm headed back to uh, Camp Bacon. I'm going to finish folding up my tent in my, uh, my, my mansion, <laughs> get loaded, and point it southbound toward Wichita. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, we always enjoy coming out here and uh, hanging out on the flight line, watching the airplanes and talking to our friends. And uh, But it, we would be very, very remiss not to thank some folks who uh, who, who helped us out with this. First of all, the, the uh, UCAP Air Cav. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Morgan, thank you so much. We really appreciate all the help you've uh, given us here in this episode and throughout the week and throughout the years. He's responsible, if anyone hasn't tumbled to this yet, he's responsible for those funky little, uh, what are they calling in the radio world? Bumpers. Bumpers. They, mm-hmm. the, the things, the, the, the so-called humorous little things you hear uh, just before we come back from breaks. So that's Mike Morgan. Thank you, Mike. We really appreciate it. James Winbrandt, thanks for stopping by. It's always fun to hear from you. and uh, Always a pleasure and perhaps no better place to do it than right here. In absolutely, absolutely. Jim Goldman, thank you so much for all your help and uh, the tie-down party and the, the dailies you did with us and, and all the help that you it's give us. It's always a blast, and uh, you know we can't wait till the next time we can all get together. That's right. Jeff Ward, everything you do for us, uh, the, the tie-down party, the help with the dailies, the, the show notes, the forums, the, all that stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I yeah. enjoy it every, yeah. every time. Uh, our friends at EA Radio cannot say how, 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 thank, how grateful we are for how welcoming they are each year, letting us come here, here helping us with, uh, with uh, audio gear and letting us use their deck and, and just generally helping us and, and, uh, and exposing our work to some, some, some new listeners. That's really, really great. Thanks to uh, Tommy and Jim, to everybody. I don't know you guys' names, the engineers who have been helping us, but I, but uh, thank you so Josh, much. Josh, I think. Yep. Um, yep. Josh and Brian. Brian? Oh, Brent. Brent. Josh, and, Josh Brent. and Brent. Josh and Brent. Thank you Great so much job. to everybody at, at, at EA Radio for all the help that they give us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson. Uh, that's Dave Higdon. Uh, Jeb, hi. How you doing? We're having a good time. What are you doing? All right. And uh, um, that's about it for, for this time. Have I forgotten anything, David? I, I know there's one thing. Uh, you were going to say something to us. Well, you'll notice so many ageless aviators here because, as we all know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Departure information, Quebec, 1253 Zulu, wind 030 at 5, visibility 10, sky clear below 12,000. Temperature 22, dew point 17, altimeter 3006.
Runway 27 and runway 18 right in use. BFR departures follow the directions of the FAA flagman to depart to runway. Do not call ground control for taxi. BFR aircraft departing runway 27, monitor FAA controllers on frequency 128.75 for departure instructions. BFR aircraft departing runway 18 right, monitor FAA controllers on frequency 118.9 for departure instructions. IFR aircraft with a departure reservation, contact clearance delivery, frequency 119.05 for clearance and approval for engine start no earlier than 30 minutes prior to estimated time of departure. Do not start taxi without approval. Ensure an air card is placed in the windshield before taxi.